Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. They were the golden couple of all golden couples. Her, an all-American television star, him, the world's sexiest film heartthrob. So when Jen and Brad's perfect love story disintegrated in front of the eyes of the world, people wanted answers. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. How are we feeling? We are feeling especially good today. I (laughs) have been a fan of, obviously, every story we've told on Scandal. I have really Mm. enjoyed diving into all of them, but I have to say I've enjoyed the deep dive of this one the most. This one I am feeling pepped for. Is that a thing? Can you feel peppy about something? I am ready. (laughs) I'm raring to go. And the thing about this one is we had only ever intended it to be one episode. There was far too much for one. There's going to be two. There's probably still more than that after two, (laughs) but that is okay. We are, of course, talking about the Jennifer Aniston-Brad Pitt relationship and demise and then eventually the introduction of Angelina Jolie into the picture. I think with these two, this very much feels like the love triangle that never died. Mm. And I think the reason for that is because Brad and Angelina are still in the process of a divorce. Like this is still going. We're still talking about all of this today. Yeah. Well, there was even the moment at the Screen Actors Guild Awards last year where Jen and Brad saw each other and reunited for the first time on camera in, what, decades. So this is something that is still of huge cultural significance, huge celebrity interest now, let alone when it all unfurled in the early and mid-2000s. Well, the thing about this story too is when the Screen Actors Guild Awards moment happened where... Jen had just had like this iconic moment where she'd won her award for her role in Morning Wars and Brad was backstage and he kind of grabbed her arm to pull her back. We spoke about that on Jameless and we sort of did do a really surfacey sort of look back at their relationship and that was one of our most popular segments ever. (laughs) So that's why we knew this was going to be right. I think for me though, one of my most stark memories of this story before I had properly jumped in and researched were the images on magazine covers of Jen and Ange pitted against against each other. They were like the angel versus the devil. And that narrative was a really interesting one to unfold and to go back and look at because it was odd, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And we haven't even touched on the fact that the Friends reunion just aired. I'm obsessed with the 90s and the early noughties all over again, particularly when it comes to the life of Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, 100%. Hey, are we ready to rewind to 2000? We're ready. We're excited. Let's go. (laughs) 
All right, guys, it is July 29, 2000. Jennifer Aniston and William Bradley Pitt. I didn't realise his real name is William, not, <laughs> not Brad. Nor did I. William Bradley Pitt are having the wedding to end all weddings. They are on the top of a Malibu cliff top. It looked incredible. The wedding was just huge. People magazine went along to the wedding to report on it exclusively. It was hosted at a five-acre Malibu property. There were 200 guests 50,000 flowers, if you don't mind. Oh, my God. Four bands, a gospel choir and fireworks. There were tents everywhere, lanterns strewn about. There were roses, wisteria, tulips. And there were also, which I think (laughs) is one of the most random details, handmade brown sugar candles. All up, the wedding was estimated to have cost around a million dollars. Dare I say, if this was a 2021 wedding, we would get rid of the lanterns. I feel like that was very 2000s. That would be replaced with like a kajillion fairy lights. And the brown sugar candles, maybe like sub them in for something from Goop. Or maybe not Goop, given... (laughs) This smells like Jen's orgasm. No, I was going to say, given Brad dated Gwyneth (laughs) Paltrow, which we will get to in a second. Very, very true. So at 6.30 on the night of Jen and Brad's wedding, a six-piece band and a 40-member gospel choir sang the 1930s hit Love is the Greatest Love. So Jennifer's dad, the Days of Our Lives actor John Aniston, escorted her down the aisle. She wore a glass-beaded, low-back, floor-length silk and satin gown designed by Lawrence Steele. Yeah, she was also wearing this veil that was like draped over a pearl and Swarovski crystal crown, (laughs) which is pretty extra. But this is a million dollar wedding. So I feel like when it's a million dollar wedding, you've got to find a way to spend that much money. Yeah, it's almost difficult to spend that on one day. percent. The bridesmaids wore these like pale green slip dresses and the flower girls were in cream frocks. As for the guest list, Mish, often the best part, Madonna was there. So was Cameron Diaz and the cast of Friends, of course, sat in the audience. Yeah, so Brad and Jen also wrote their own vows for their wedding. Brad Pitt promised to, and I quote, split the difference on the thermostat, while Jen promised to always make his favourite banana milkshake. Celebrities just like us. <laughs> so relatable. <laughs> this, like vows from celebrities where it's like, oh, I'll split the difference on a thermostat. And it's like, that's just not true. Like <laughs> Men always get their way with a the thermostat. But it's just like, none of this is true. I'm always making your favourite banana milkshake. Like you're just really amping up the inside jokes that you've got for everybody else. Anyway, after drinking and dancing and speeches, guests stepped outside of the giant tents at 10pm to watch a 13-minute fireworks show set to songs by Radiohead Garbage and Jeff Buckley. Who's Garbage? I don't know know why I thought Garbage had something to do with Gwen Stefani. (laughs) What? Really? No, I don't actually think that. I'm doing a live Google. Garbage. Garbage is an American rock band formed in 1993. Wow. They're probably at the peak of their relevancy when this wedding went down and this is probably where everything kind of tapered off for the garbage band. Yeah, look, and nothing to do with Gwen Stefani just for the record. (laughs) All right, so we've covered the wedding. We wanted to open with that because it was truly such a celebrity moment. Like everyone was talking about this when it was on. The paparazzi were clambering to try and get an image of Brad and Jen's wedding. It was an absolute hot commodity. A lot of magazines did run photographs from the wedding that weren't people because people obviously had exclusive access like you said Zara but some magazines got like super long range shots of just Brad and Jen kind of smiling at each other 
other or exchanging a glance at each other and that's what they had to use because there was fucking nothing else. Yeah, 100%. So that was the wedding, as you say. But let's actually rewind again to how they met. Like how did this even happen? How did this union begin? Brad and Jen actually go all the way back to 1994. They are about to become two of Hollywood's biggest stars and it's in 1994 that they meet but they don't officially date yet. Yeah, so at this point in her career, Jen has had a couple of like okay pretty average roles she was in the tv series ferris bueller she played genie bueller but the show only ran for a season and then was cancelled yeah not to be confused with that iconic movie not the movie the tv show and a pretty unsuccessful tv show at that she had also appeared in a couple of off-broadway productions in four failed television series and a slightly embarrassing horror film called Leprechaun. <laughs> I've never even heard of it. Should we watch that? You, me, Ollie and Mitch will yeah. sit down and watch that for a movie night. It just sounds a bit scary. So up until this point, Jen's career had been in limbo, so much so that according to the Huffington Post, she pulled up to a gas station one night. A gas station is the most American word. A I gas say station. A petrol station where Warren Littlefield, who was like the then entertainment president at NBC, was filling up his car too. This is all very LA, isn't it? <laughs> and she went straight up to him and said, is it ever going to happen? Referring, of course, to her career taking off. Yeah. Luckily for her, it was going to happen yeah. and it happened very, very soon after that conversation. Friends launched in 1994, the same year. And when it hit screens, although there was a slight teething phase, I would say, where people weren't quite sure if they loved the show, if they were ambivalent about the show, it ended up becoming one of the most famous, iconic television shows in history. Yeah, she was only 25 years old at the time as well. And at this point, Brad Pitt was also a bit of a rising star. In 1994, he made his breakthrough performance in Legends of the Fall, for which he received his first Golden Globe nomination. Yeah, so this year they were introduced to one another, but we know that this is Hollywood. We know that celebrities aren't quite like us, and they did meet through their managers. So not really the kind of meet-cute story that's super romantic and fluffy. Jen later told Rolling Stone magazine in 2001, which was, of course, after they got together, that she thought he was just this sweet guy from Missouri, you know, a normal guy, of course, very normal. But at this point in their lives, they're actually dating other people. So they meet as sort of people in the industry, people, I imagine, with lots of mutual friends. But they didn't start dating in 1994. Before they actually started dating, Brad had another very high-profile relationship with who, Michelle? Gwyneth Paltrow. Who you forgot before. <laughs> no, well, I have. Maybe I didn't forget. Maybe I just thought it would be a nice display of support for his ex <laughs> to have her orgasm candles at his wedding. Never forget your ex at your wedding. Yeah, so this was not just dating. Like the Gwyneth Paltrow, Brad Pitt romance was very serious. They were engaged in 1996 and were planning a wedding before breaking things off in 1997. They met on the set of Seven. Do you remember that? No. Nah. S-E-7-E-N. Oh, I can see it in my notes. S-E-7-E-N. And I'm like, that's got to be the more confusing name ever. Well, on Seven Set, they met in 1995 and it was incredibly, incredibly high profile. So although they gave some quotes to the media that kind of gave hints that maybe this wasn't going to be a forever thing, they were the it couple of the moment. Yeah, they absolutely were. In an interview with Entertainment Tonight in 1996, Brad said that getting engaged to Gwyneth was one of the greatest moments of his life, but then finished it with, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so he, he was happy, but in that quote in particular, he didn't sound like incredibly enthused. <laughs> 
In a different interview, Gwyneth told Entertainment Tonight, I take the institution of marriage extremely seriously. Everybody, there are no divorces in my family and none in his either. So we've been together for quite some time. So this is not a rash decision. Quite refreshing to hear. I mean, we know how it ended. We know that Gwyneth Paltrow did go on to have a divorce with her first husband, Chris Martin. But it is refreshing to hear a celebrity of her fame and stature say, we're not rushing into things. They were young though. Like she was 22 when she met Brad. She was 25 when they broke up. He was like 31 when they met. So there was a bit of an age gap and I think maybe that had a bit of an impact. But I agree with you a little bit refreshing. Jen at this point was dating actor Tate Donovan from 1997 to 1998. Tate Donovan is of course best known for playing Jimmy Cooper in The O.C. He was also in Friends. Yes. He was the one that she met. I mean, I don't remember his character name, but she tried to hit on him while he was buying suits yes. when she was working as yes. like the salesman of the suits. Yeah, and I think they went on a couple of dates on Friends. Yeah, I think they ended up having a romance on the show, but maybe the romance on the show ended when their real life romance ended. I mean, like maybe, but we're working in real life in fiction today. <laughs> All right, so we get to 1998 and finally, guys, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston are both single and they go on a dinner date. Yes. So Jen later told Diane Sawyer on primetime that she knew right away. She said, yeah, we both did on our first date. That was a really easy evening. It was really fun. So they're together. So they're Are dating. They together? Well, they're dating, but the world doesn't quite know yet. As is customary, I think, particularly back in the late 1990s, we weren't operating in a similar celebrity sphere that we're operating in today. There weren't nearly as many paparazzi as we have now. There wasn't any social media. And these kinds of things could be kept under wraps for longer than they probably could today. No one was changing their relationship status on Facebook. <laughs> Absolutely not. So they tried really hard to keep their relationship private. Like even when a photo of them cuddling at a concert in Washington was released, released in June 1998, they still denied they were a couple, which is like my favourite celebrity denial. Mm. Like, yes, we're canoodling, but we're just best friends. Yeah, I think as well maybe the privacy stems back to Brad and Gwyneth's really toxic split. Like things were not good between Brad and Gwyneth when they parted ways. And we found out more information about this as the years went on. Gwyneth sat down with Vanity Fair a couple of years later and said, I think you have to keep yourself intact in order to have a healthy relationship. And I didn't. I loved every second of my relationship with Brad, but it wasn't healthy. I wouldn't change anything. Even the things I hate most about myself, what happened, the darkest moment of it, I wouldn't change because it's made me what I am. What I find interesting about the coverage of the Gwyneth and Brad breakup in the years since is that the tone has very much been Gwyneth broke it off or Gwyneth apologizes or Gwyneth has small elements of regret about what happened. Mm. And we don't actually know what went down. I think it just casts some context on why Brad and Jen would have wanted to be incredibly private, like another really high profile couple that are going to be really in the eyes of paparazzi in the media. Yeah. And Brad did explain this. He spoke to OK Magazine where he said, it took me longer to let my guard down because I've been burned before and I'm still getting over the ghosts of past loves. But there's no girlfriend before Jennifer that has reached me in the places that she has. None. Jennifer is a one and only. This is an interesting question if I may settle on this one for a second. <laughs> because it's kind of a backhander to Jennifer, but it's also really fucking offensive to the exes. So if your new partner says, I'm still getting over the ghosts of past oh, love, yes, you're like, good. oh, something up here. But then he goes whack to the exes and be like, but I've never felt anything else like this before. I think it screams of someone with baggage. If you're 
at a place in your life where the only way you can feel good about your current relationship is to backhand your exes. Yeah. You're thinking about your exes too much for mine. Like you need to let that go and just focus on this. It seems like he kind of has one foot in each camp and he's using those camps to be like, I've had terrible shit. I've got a lot of baggage, but look at this incredible shiny new woman who's come into my life. Yeah, exactly. It feels a bit Weird. This quote doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. A spoiler alert, not many Brad Pitt quotes make sense to me. No, we've all come to realise this over the course of the next episode or two. So eventually the world finds out that they're dating and, of course, the tabloids are obsessed with them. I mean, we call them a golden couple, but they literally both had golden hair. Like they were the golden couple of Hollywood. In March 1999, People magazine splashed their faces across the front cover with the headline, Made for Each Other. Rebounding from painful breakups, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston create a love story of their own. Lovely. So in September 1999, they officially confirm their coupledom. They are together. They want the world to know they're together. And they're doing that by walking the red carpet at the premiere of Brad's movie Fight Club and the Emmys just a few days after that. Yeah. And it feels very quick, I guess, as we tell this story in the timeline, because there's so few moments where they acknowledge things are public, but it's only a few months later, two months later, in fact, in November, that Brad and Jen actually announced that they're engaged. Mm. But the weirdest part about this engagement story is they basically kind of announced they were engaged and then sort of pretended they weren't engaged every other moment after that. So what we mean by that is they announced they were engaged by going to a Sting concert in New York. They got up on stage during the song Filler Up and flashed Jen's massive engagement ring to the crowd. And the song has lines like, we're going to Vegas, we're going to get wed. This is where it gets weird though. Because they then denied to the media, like they denied all claims that they were engaged and said it was a joke. (laughs) Like what? Why would you joke about that being two of the most famous people in the world? Because you know exactly what's going to happen. Why do you have a huge diamond ring on your finger if you're not engaged? And that's what their agents kept saying. Like their agents kept telling the media, no, they were simply joking. I mean, part of me wonders if they were just a little bit drunk at this concert Mm. and didn't think about the implications of announcing an engagement to the world and then sort of wanted to backtrack and confuse people. Yeah. And despite all the confusion, which still lingers in 2021, I would still like some questions to be answered. They were our Hollywood it couple. OK Magazine summed it up really well in this passage where they wrote, in fact, with their combined impact, Jennifer and Brad appear to have the world at their feet. Like the king and queen of prom night, they are stunning, talented and extremely popular. Throw in the fact that they are totally and utterly in love with each other and you might even begin to hate them. I hate them never. You could never. I hate them. So as much as we didn't really have official confirmation to the media about when they got engaged, how they got engaged and when they wanted to speak about it, we did know about the wedding, Mm. right? Of course, as we said at the top of the episode, the exclusive rights were sold to people and that catches us up now to the wedding in 2000. Yeah. And a little tidbit about the media reception, if you'll allow me. We covered the wedding at the very top of the episode. But what I found really interesting is that even in the year 2000, the speed with which the media and different businesses kind of jumped on the velocity of the Jen and Brad wedding was really interesting to me. So according to the Los Angeles Times, 
Jen's $53,000 dress, the one we touched on earlier by the Milan-based designer Lawrence Steele, was ripped off by a brand within four days of her wedding. So the brand ABS made an exact replica of Jen Aniston's wedding gown for just $300 and then sold it at Saks, Bloomingdale's and Macy's. I don't know a lot about fashion, but that seems like a stupid amount of time to be able to make a replica. Are we making the assumption now that they somehow had a tip-off about what the dress was and was in pre-production before the wedding? Yeah. Los Angeles Times kind of hinted that maybe they got their hands on sketches and no one was quite clear as to how that exchanged hands. God, that's so dodgy. Anyway, back to the wedding itself. Vanity Fair put it pretty well following their wedding. They wrote, now Cinderella is married to Prince Charming. What is left to do besides live happily ever after? It feels a bit ominous. It's super ominous, particularly when you take into consideration Jen Aniston's complicated relationship with marriage because she came from a pretty broken household. Both of her parents were struggling actors. She spent her kindergarten year in Greece, then moved to the Upper West Side after her dad landed a role in Days of Our Lives. But her parents' marriage fell apart really calamitously. Yeah, exactly. So her parents' marriage fell apart and they divorced when she was just nine years old. She actually scarcely saw her dad for years. They are on pretty good terms at this point in her life. I mean, you'll remember when we spoke about the wedding, her dad did actually walk her down the aisle, but she did tell Vanity Fair in 2001 when he complained that he didn't see her enough. She said, now all of a sudden you want to show up. That was your doing. You made your bed. You should lay in it. So you can imagine sort of lingering tensions and a lingering resentment there. Yeah. And if there's any resentment between Jen and her dad, that's nothing compared to Jen and her mum. That relationship was even more fraught that Jen's mum didn't get an invite to the wedding. She told Vanity Fair, I can't believe I got married and my mother has never met this person. I married. Tearfully, she said, I never would have believed it when I was 17. If you had told me that would happen, it was a torturous decision. This relationship with her mother is really hard to read in many ways. It reads like one of the most complicated mother-daughter relationships ever. A lot of it stems from the fact that Jen's mum, Nancy, was also in the entertainment industry. And as she was growing up, had a real fixation on her daughter's appearance. Jen told The Hollywood Reporter, she was very critical of me because she was a model. She was gorgeous, stunning. I wasn't. Mm. Her mother sounds like she was really controlling. In another interview, Jen mocked her own mum's coaching. She said, your mum is going, your eyes are too close together. So when you put your eyeliner on, you have to draw the lines up here like this because your eyes are already too small and your face is too wide. And see, honey, you have your father's mouth, so you're going to have to draw the lines around it. I don't know if I would have known how beautiful she was if she wasn't always pointing out how unbeautiful I was. Oh, God. The real nail in the coffin of Jen's relationship with her mother, Nancy, came when Nancy wrote a book called From Mother to Daughter to Friends, which was published in 1999, so a year before the wedding. This is a blurb from that book. During the meteoric rise of Jennifer's popularity on the hit television comedy Friends, Nancy and her daughter had a misunderstanding imposed on them by a tabloid TV report. In the three years since they spoke, Nancy learned that separation from grown children is a national epidemic and that scores of parents suffer the same feelings of pain, guilt and shame. What the fuck? Like what mum turns any type of friction, any type of conflict with their child into a book 
to make money from or to grow their personal profile with. Yeah, look, if you've got an estranged child, I'm going to say the one way to not get them back is to write a public book about that estrangement and tell the world about, you know, the details of that relationship breakdown. It's hard to read. It's even harder to look at the friggin' book cover. The book cover is this, like, sepia-toned image of just Jen. Like, even the title, From Mother to Daughter to Friends, like... Fuck off, Nancy. What are you doing? 100%. Hey, we are about to take a break, but coming up after the break, we are going to delve into married life and how the marriage fell apart. But first, a word from today's sponsor. All right, Zara. So before the break, we touched on the wedding. We touched on how Brad and Jen met, how they fell in love. We also touched on the estranged relationship between Jen Aniston and her mother and kind of her complicated feelings about marriage based on her upbringing. Talk to me about married life. What is married life like for Brad and Jen in the earliest days? All right, so let's fast forward to 2001, a year after they got married. They're just celebrating their one-year wedding anniversary. And reports say at the time that they're moving into a 13 or $15 million, just somewhere in that range. <laughs> French Normandy house in Beverly Hills. So they're spending the cash money that they're starting to really earn. I yearn for this life. I yearn for it. Jen's career is at its highest point, at its absolute apex. Friends was in its eighth season and she was getting paid. Have you found this detail? Do you know how much she was getting paid per episode? I do know how much she was getting paid. $750,000 per show. She was one of the highest paid television actresses around the world. She'd also been nominated for an Emmy for her role as Rachel on Friends. Meanwhile, Brad Pitt's pulling in a casual $20 million per film, according to Vanity Fair. Yeah, it's not small dollars, I'll tell you that much. In an interview with Rolling Stone in 2001, she spoke about the security that marriage brought her. She said, you know, if there's ever an argument, it's not like you can go, screw you, I'm out of here. You're there for the long haul. It's a beautiful thing to actually realise that for the first time, to have that knowing. It takes the heat and the weight out of things. Mm. Now, what we'll realise over the course of their marriage is they spoke to the media quite a bit about their own relationship. Like it's interesting and to be honest it made our job much easier to go back because you're like, okay, well you've got all these quotes on file of all the times they were very happy to talk about each other. Yeah, it truly feels like there are a thousand different points, a thousand different dots that you can kind of connect lines between. We were so welcomed into this relationship. It's actually very easy to chart the demise of it. Yeah, and she also – did not hesitate to talk about how wonderful he was. I mean, she loved him a lot. She's said that on the record so much. She also said in this same interview with Rolling Stone, my friends were all supportive, especially when they found out what a loving human Brad is. At first, they're all like, I hope he's not an asshole, some considered fuck or whatever. <laughs> but you get past that in five minutes, which is a real tribute to who he is. He just disarms you immediately. Yeah. So at this point in their lives, they're doing well. Everything's actually going amazingly for Jen and Brad. She won the People's Choice. Choice Award for Best Female TV Performer four years in a row. So married in 2000 and then every year between 2001 and 2004, she won that award. In 2004, she was also named the most beautiful woman in the world by People Magazine. Yeah, Brad Pitt, on the other hand, was named People Magazine's sexiest man alive twice in 1995 and 2000. Us Weekly put them on the front cover in 2003 and labelled them the most perfect couple. I mean, this golden couple now was not one we've put on them with hindsight. Like this was one that was huge throughout the course of their marriage. Yeah, and a really interesting parallel storyline or a parallel branding piece for Brad and Jen at the same time is that 
Yes, they're the sexiest man and most beautiful woman alive, but they're also the most relatable celebrity couple in the history of celebrity couples. so down to earth. Yeah, the down to earth thing is fascinating. So a Rolling Stone piece in 2001 wrote this, and I think this really sums up just how much the narrative of Jen and Brad are just like your friends and they've just stumbled upon this fame really sums this up. Jennifer Aniston pulls into the tower on sunset in her silver jag. She's running late. To make amends, she waves, comic frantically as she parks. Aniston is wearing a black ribbed tank top, grey shorts, sandals and brown tinted sunglasses. She is tan and slender. Her jean jacket is tied around her waist. It's the jean jacket for me, tied around the waist. (laughs) There was a real parallel thread. You're right to all this sexiness and hotness around them. But I think that this down-to-earth narrative played into that sexiness and that hotness because it's like they don't take themselves too seriously. OK Magazine quoted Brad saying that it was Jen's down-to-earth nature that had him hooked. He said at the time, I knew there was something special about this girl right away. She wasn't a typical Hollywood brat who'd made it big. She doesn't act like a diva or a princess. She isn't stuck up and she doesn't use her beauty as a weapon. Most ho- That's a weird line, by the way. So weird. How could you use your beauty as a weapon? Shut up, Brad. (laughs) Most Hollywood beauties have their heads so far up in the clouds, it's a wonder they don't get dizzy from the height, but that isn't Jennifer at all. Put the sexism (laughs) to the side for the moment. There's so much going on. A lot going on. As we said, there'll be some absolute stinker Brad quotes throughout this episode (laughs) and the next. They both wanted to lean into this brand too. Yeah. Another quote from Vanity Fair in 2001, they wrote, Pitt may prefer pizza and ping pong to foie gras and black tie, but never underestimate Prince Charming's ability to make his lady swoon. (laughs) When Jennifer arrived at her dressing room at Warner Studios on Valentine's Day, she found it filled to bursting with roses. There were petals strewn an inch deep all over the floor, even floating in the toilet. There were so many long-stemmed roses piled so high on every surface there was no place to put a coffee cup, let alone to sit. On the wall in huge letters, Pitt spelled out, I love my wife in rose petals. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, good on them. Like if that's how you want to express your love. It's just so OTT. So we have this sort of like perfection narrative, but weirdly, We were always told by Jen and Brad that marriage wasn't always the easiest thing, that their relationship was still something they needed to work on and they were pretty brutally honest with us about that. Yeah, so one quote from Jen in the first year of marriage was, this has been the hardest year of my life as well as the best year of my life. The period after the wedding was extremely intense for a lot of reasons. This was the year where I took the deepest look inward that I ever had and asked a lot of questions for the first time. There's been a real internal overhaul about family, work, everything. Marriage brings up all the things I push to the back burner, the fears, the mistrust, the doubts, the insecurities. It's like opening Pandora's box. Every question comes out. It's like, here's the key, have at it. Interesting quote that like, it's like Pandora's box heaps comes to the front. There was another quote where she alluded to the fact that everybody thought their relationship was a fairy tale. And she said, what they're seeing is the fairy tale. And that's what leads people to believe that these things are not true. Not that it's not a fairy tale. This is an amazingly beautiful life. But I look at life like rock climbing. You get through the first tier, you rest for a minute, you look at how far you've come, then you look up and you've got another tier to climb. We were having a conversation on the podcast a month or so ago about people that say like Justin Bieber and Hayley Bieber, the first year of marriage is like the hardest thing to go through. Mm. And albeit I can imagine marriage is a bit harder when you're Hollywood celebrities and you do have the prying eyes of the public and the media and the paps on you. But they really had this like common quote to a lot of media publications, which was 
it's not easy. It's yeah. quite hard. Yeah. And I wonder if that actually boils down to the fact that, yeah, they dated between 1998. They got married in the year 2000. That's a pretty short stint to be together and be married by the end of it by today's standards. But also when you take into account the fact that they're both massive celebrities who would be very, very time poor. Yes, yes. they were together for two years and married within two years. How much time in those two years did they actually spend in each other's pockets? I wonder if this is symptomatic and those quotes are symptomatic of two people who maybe didn't know everything about each other or found some elements of each other surprising when they wed. Yeah, maybe that's true. So all we have over the course of these years of marriage is just random interviews that they've done over the course of that time to sort of hint to what their marriage is like. We're skipping forward now to 2003. As we mentioned, they married in 2000. So this is like their third year of marriage. And at this point in 2003, Friends is entering its 10th and final season. And there is talk in the press that Brad and Jen might finally be ready to start a family now, now that her biggest filming commitment might be about to wrap up. Yeah. So one of the main places that is talking about Brad and Jen's future family is W Magazine. They did a huge profile piece on the couple. However, the opening paragraph was really interesting foreshadowing. They wrote, were Jennifer Aniston's life a movie, she'd be on the verge of some very big trouble. After all, as every filmgoer knows, it's always just at that glowing, warm, fuzzy moment when the heroine seems to have found success, true love, and a generally soft focus, montage-like existence that you can be sure all hell is about to break loose. How is that? <laughs> wrote that that person's a genius that's 2003 obviously just a year or two before all hell did break loose unlike all the other interviews that did try desperately to paint brad and jen in an idyllic light even though often their quotes were saying it's not easy this one felt far more contemplative and honest Mm. i think one of the most famous quotes was when jen was asked if brad was the love of her life and she hesitated and she said Is he the love of my life? I think you're always sort of wondering, are you the love of my life? I mean, I don't know. I've never been someone who says he's the love of my life. He's certainly a big love in my life. She paused and then went on and said, and I know that we have something special, especially in all of this chaos, in this nutty, brilliant, wonderful, hard business that we have. It's nice to have someone who's anchored and knows you, really knows all of you. Dare I say that quote, tells me that things were not good at this point. I don't point. think they were. Like, how can you say, how can you be asked, is your husband the love of your life? And even if things aren't amazing, you would still surely put a face on where you're like, yes, things are great. For you to be honest with that interviewer and go, is my husband the love of my life? I think you're always sort of wondering. Like, what is that? He's one of the big loves of my life, like him and Courtney Cox. And she didn't say, I don't believe in soulmates or I don't believe that there's one person out there for everyone. She gives the impression with that quote of she's always wondering who is the love of her life. So she clearly believes in the concept but doesn't think that Brad is that. Yeah, it's very confusing to me. I mean, this interview and especially the last few quotes were picked up by the press and the public as evidence that Brad and Jen's marriage was crumbling. I mean, Jen later told Diane Sawyer in that primetime interview that we've already mentioned that she hated this interview and the way it took her quotes about marriage out of context. I mean this genuinely. I understand how quotes can be taken out of context, especially in print magazines. I can understand how tone and body language can be taken out of context. But as a celebrity who's asked about their other very famous husband, is he the love of your life? Isn't the first thing you know in media training to just say yes? Yeah, you would think so. I actually have a theory 
that this kind of hoopla, like the response to that interview, the negative attention that got, the rhetoric that their marriage was crumbling on account of those quotes actually pushed subconsciously or consciously Jen and Brad to kind of go into the media and say, we're going to grow a family now. Like that is the next step for us so that people would go, they're thinking about babies, not they're thinking about divorce. I just feel like maybe she said this off the record. Like maybe she said this quote off the record told them to not include it and they pushed it in anyway. But I agree with you. To counter the negative press, they did start talking about having children. She told Diane Sawyer that they were ready or getting ready to have a baby. Yeah, and she contributed again to that narrative in February 2004 where she told The Guardian, it's time, it's time. You know, I think you can work with a baby. I think you can work pregnant. I think you can do all of it. So I'm just truly looking forward to slowing down. She also said, I'll have finished Friends by the end of January he'll be finishing Mr. and Mrs. Smith opposite Angelina Jolie at the end of February. Then he starts Ocean's 12. So I thankfully will be able to go and travel with him while he's doing that. So yes, Jen and Brad did mention to the press a couple of times that they were interested in having a baby, that it was next on the horizon for them. But we do know that during 2003 and 2004, the press really took this and ran. Like Mm. the why isn't she pregnant yet narrative was all-consuming. I mean, so many tabloid magazines began to speculate that Jen was pregnant, that they were infertile awfully, Mm. or that Jen was just resisting the idea of kids to focus on her career. I can understand, like as much as you can say, okay, well, maybe they contributed to this story themselves by telling people they were going to have a baby. When you're a female actress and there are all these stories about you and the inference is you're selfish and focusing on your career and don't want a baby, maybe your instinct is to counter that and say, no, I do want a baby. Oh, I think it's so understandable that she would. Yeah. Yeah. There is a million reasons why they'd contribute to that. But the headlines that followed them were horrendous. I mean, this one from In Touch Weekly in 2003, how Jen's coping with baby pressure. With her co-star rumoured to be pregnant and her husband turning 40, how was Jen dealing with everyone's expectations? Yeah, another one was baby dilemmas. They're madly in love, but is it enough to start a family? Jen and Brad, no time for family? Then there was baby struggles and joy. What's behind Jen's mysterious doctor visit? Her new plan to finally make Brad a dad. Ew, I hate that one. That was from Us Weekly. Then we had Brad's heartache, son or daughter. I'll take them all at this point, says Pitt in new interview, as Jen parties in London until 5am. What's really going on? Again, Us Weekly. Yeah, so it's the same kind of tabloids that are pushing out these headlines. And I think anyone that picked up a tabloid magazine in the years 2003 and 2004 would remember these stories. They were everywhere. It was just like this real confusion for why they hadn't had a baby yet. And I don't think we were at a point then that we are at now where we just simply don't speculate about that nearly as much. I Mm -hmm. think the tabloids still do, but not nearly as much. There was an obsession about it. Between 2001 and 2005, while they were together, rumours constantly swirled that Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston were in maybe a rocky patch. But I think that was very run of the mill. Mm -hmm. Like you see that about any celebrity couple, that there are always rumours always headlines that maybe they're on the verge of splitting. Yeah, I think it was the year 2004 where things took a new turn. Like, yes, there were always rumours, there were always whispers that they were getting pregnant, they were getting divorced. Like, it's always that kind of funny situation where one week a tabloid magazine will say they're pregnant with twins and a rival magazine will say they're headed to Splitsville or however a tabloid editor would word it. But in 2004, the rumours turned vicious and they also drew in another name into the headlines. It wasn't just Jen and Brad's marriage anymore. 
It was Jen and Brad's marriage and a potential affair with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, so it's at the very beginning of 2004, in January 2004, Brad and Angelina started filming Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Quick fun fact, Nicole Kidman was actually meant to play opposite Brad Pitt, but she pulled out of the film due to a filming clash, like a scheduling clash. I wonder if things would have been different if it had gone ahead that Nicole Kidman, or would we have seen Nicole Kidman and Brad Pitt in a relationship? It's real one of those sliding doors moments, huh? Yeah. So the film became an absolute action blockbuster. The plot was following a married couple who discovers that the other is an assassin and they've been hired by rival agencies to kill each other. We heard whispers about this. We heard people from the set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith comment on the incredible chemistry between the two co-stars on set. No one really knew what to make of those whispers until a certain photo was published. Yeah, so I think it's quite telling that paparazzi were really swarming the set of this film to try and perhaps catch them out. Like I think the rumours were so strong that paparazzi did swarm the set to try and see how Angelina and Brad were around each other. Mm. So later in 2004 during a reshoot, so they had their normal shooting schedule, they had a break, and then around September they went to start up again and do some reshoots. They were papped holding hands on set and it wasn't like in a scene. I think it looks very much around cast and crew between takes and the photos would be impossible to look at if you were Brad Pitt's wife. Yeah, so a pap was clearly using like a very long lens to get these photos. Brad has sunglasses on his shaved head. He's wearing a white shirt. Angelina looks like an angel. Like she's got her hair half up, half down. She's got hoop earrings. She's got an all white outfit, a white tank top, and it looks like a white skirt. They're literally holding hands in front of dozens of members of cast and crew as if it's nothing to see here. This is everyday shooting as normal. Yeah, they're like clutching each other's hands like very, very tightly. And rumours were really hitting fever pitch around this time. I mean, much later after Brad and Jen had announced their split, The Guardian wrote an article about the split and they said... Brad and Jen were rarely spotted together last year and when Jolie and Pitt resumed filming in September, they were said to have taken adjoining hotel rooms. So it very much feels like this wasn't a secret on set, which feels even odder. Even odder and things are only going to get more dramatic and more perilous from there. Zara, for now, we have to leave it here. We are going to leave it here right on the cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopsie, what an accident. Oh, sorry guys, but be back this time next Monday. We need to talk about the breakup of Brad and Jen And we need to introduce you all to Angelina Jolie. Yes, that little known actress by the name of Angelina (laughs) Jolie who you don't know. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening today. This episode was researched by Justine Landis-Hanley with help from you and I, Michelle Andrews and Zara (laughs) McDonald. If you want to support the show, click follow on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you are feeling particularly generous, just leave us a five-star review there. We would appreciate it. If you don't feel generous, maybe next week. (laughs) Maybe next time. That's okay. Guys, visit our Instagram at Shameless Podcast. We'll have all the photos, all the iconic images from this era. And let us tell you, there are some interesting photos in this mix. We'll also try and include the paparazzi shot of Brad and Jen. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Do we? I don't know if we haven't. We'll put it up there. Yeah, and if not- it gets taken down, it gets taken down. Guys, enjoy your week. We'll speak to you on Thursday, but we cannot wait for Ep 2 Part 2 on Monday. Yeah, see you then. Bye. Bye. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. 
Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.